Hello, hello. This is Zaid with another episode of Drama Quest. Today we are joined by Kakashi, the leader of the Eastern Coalition from the server Kornav. Kakashi, welcome. Thanks, Zaid. Happy to be here. Uh, before we dive into the Kornav stuff, I know you have a really long background with EQ guilds, especially the TLP scene. Can you talk to us? How did you first find EverQuest way, way back in the day? <laughs> sure. Um, that's actually a really good question. I I think I was uh, 18 or 19 and I just finished uh, high school and I was in tra- transition to, to start my college years. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, one of my schoolmates, actually introduced me to EverQuest. Um, I started off, I remember at that point, I started off, and this was, I think, 1999. I started a um, half-elf warrior, uh, and um, I played until level 20, and then I realized um, that was not really so much for me, and I switched to a monk, and since then I've been playing monks uh, completely. I've never played any other class as a main character other than monk. Um, okay. Can you tell me really quick, yeah. with your half-elf warrior, were you Freeport, Kanos, or Jifei? <laughs> Jifei, yeah. Jifei, okay. And then what did you do with your monk? Um, so my monk, I think I started off in Kenos, Kinos, I think, yeah. And, um, you know, at the time back in 99 and 2000, I, I do recall, I think it was January in 2000 when I created a monk. Um, so it was, I think, Velius just opened or it was going to open soon. Um, but anyway, traveling around was still a nightmare, you know, at that point. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of stuck around in Kinos for a bit, uh, Black Barrow, um, did a bit of, uh, South Karana, did the Epic Quest with headbands and all that. Um, so that kind of got me into the game and really sort of more involved with it as well. Okay. And, um. Did you join any guilds back then? Yeah, I did. Ah, uh, yes. Um, there was a very, very, very old family guild. Uh, that was my first guild, I think. It's called Blades of um, something. Um, and this was on Praxis, by the way. Um, and I um, didn't really do much with them. Like we did, like uh, group um, content in like unrest, and I think we also attempted to do at some point when I hit 47, 46, 47, uh, a fear raid. Um, but that didn't end up well. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, like back in, back in those days, like 90% of guilds were just kind of like casual guilds that never planned to raid correct. or at most they did like a trash clear. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So, so trying to do stuff like even fear clear or even just clearing the, uh, the trash in fear was really a big, big thing for us. And, um, yeah, it was difficult. Right. So, uh, but that was all part of the, um, the excitement of it as well. Like actually, I remember when I first zoned into fear, um, you know, I actually did have a sense of fear because <laughs> I could lose, right. lose my stuff, you know, and my corpse and all of that was actually really what, uh, made EverQuest quite, a quite a unique experience to play at that point. Uh, not to mention the social aspect of it, obviously. Yeah, the, the risk was very real all the time back in the days. Like, like you said, even like travel was was rough. And like I remember 
trying to go from Kanos to Freeport and being like, man, if I die out here, my corpse is going to be toast. There's no way I'll get it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So I was always worried and concerned about that, not to mention as well, the internet connections back then were not great. Anytime someone picked up a phone in my house, I would get disconnected. Um, right. And, you know, just traveling anywhere, the uh, everything was dark, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, being a human as well, that didn't really help. So... <laughs> Uh, but it was right. it was fun. It was definitely fun. So um, okay. So how long how long did you stay on Praxis? So I was on Praxis, I think, for um, quite a long time. So I played from two thousand and off and on because obviously I was in college and I I went to university and also got a bit busy with real life. But I played until two thousand and six or seven, off and on. Um, I played on. Wow. Yeah, I played until we kind of got to. Um, um, I think it was past GOD at a point, or to DODH at least. But um, I think 2007 probably had to be like Secrets of Fade were. Yeah, um, but I I don't think I played too much at that point on Praxis, although my character was there. Um, I, I did mm. help lead a guild on Praxis called Unity for a bit as well. I was an officer with uh, with the guild. Um, but this was pretty much around, uh, I think, GOD when um, I do recall we had to kind of take a break or I had to take a break because I was transitioning to travel overseas to do my uh, further my studies as well. Um, so maybe I might have gotten the date wrong. I think it was probably around 2004, 2005-ish. But okay, well, God is a good time to take a break from EQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was hard. I mean, God itself uh, was difficult when it first launched at that point, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So so from then, I actually did also uh, uh, dabble a bit with P ninety nine. I think it was at that point I actually did look into P P ninety nine as well for a bit. I, I played with a core of uh, mainly Asian Oceanic players on a guild called in- mm-hmm. Infernus. Um, okay. And uh, I was also helping to lead that for a bit, uh, at least lead raids, I mean. And uh, it was great. I mean, you know, we um, <clears throat> we we kind of had a very uh, good set of, set of guys and, you know, people that were also a bit casual, didn't really want to do you know, too much of those hardcore sort of raids. And, um, but we did fairly okay, I think, given our size as well. And a lot of this was without any sort of voice comms, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. It's so much harder to coordinate yeah. back then. Like, you had to have, like, macros of text and, like, hope that people read it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was definitely challenging. I think also one of the problems with that is because, uh, if I recall, Infernus also had a lot of uh, non-speaking uh, English-speaking uh, players. So it was a bit hard uh, to kind of get the message across if you had voice comps, which is why um, chatting and rates, it was normally easier for them to read or at least translate. Um, so that was that was a situation there. And from that point, I think after a while, I also took a break from leading or at least playing on P99. And at that point, I think, it was around the time when FIPI was launching or had launched, I think. Uh, yeah, FIPI came out shortly after Blue came out. Uh, I think Blue was going into like Kunark maybe when, when FIPI came out in 2011. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I then started playing around in FIPI 
And uh, on FIPI itself, though, um, I didn't lead any specific guild or anything like that. I was kind of just a casual player and messing around with some friends as well who were there as well, trying it out with me. Um, and then since then, um, I, I suppose for a while, I think it was towards the end of Kunak when it launched, um, there was a US guild that kind of... Um, branched off from uh, one of the guilds there. So Twisted Fates, I think, or Twisted Legion was one of yeah, the Twisted Legion. Yeah, bigger guilds there. Um, yep. And then someone branched off from them and created a guild, and I decided to join that guild as well. It's called Ascendancy. Uh, I remember the leader was called Kairai? Kirai? I'm probably pronouncing it yep. wrongly. <laughs> yeah, Kiri. Yes. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Um, and, um, it was great. I mean, you know, we, I mean, FIPI was probably one of the more, um, intense TLPs I've played given the, uh, the situation of how things, uh, war back then, you know, not just the voting sort of thing, but, you know, as I mentioned earlier to you as well, the harm touch wars and, um, pretty much everything kind of goes, uh, MOTM was not actually a thing. Um, you yeah. know, people were boxing majors, uh, SKs, uh, macroing them, all of that. Um, yeah, you're you're in the trenches of uh, raid mob warfare there with all yeah. the hacks and everything around. Exactly, yeah. yeah. People whopping everywhere and stuff like that. It was, you had the FIPI detective and things like that going on, you know. So uh, it made for very interesting um, stuff to read on the forums, um, you know. Oh, the forum drama was legendary. Yeah. yeah, so I recall actually passing the time and reading a lot from that as well, so um no so so yeah so we did okay actually after kuna we formed the guild we messed around quite a fair bit and valius and luklin um and all the way up till i think uh i think it was don and then uh the guild kind of called it and we tried to keep going with a few different variations of people taking over leadership and stuff but um yeah, the, the momentum kind of lost at that point, and we folded and we merged into Dark Blood, which is Yukan's uh, guild. Um, yep, Dark Blood of Solsec Row, correct. right? Yeah, that's right. And at that point, I guess we were into uh, DODH and uh, POR, I think. And it was basically the, um, Dark Blood and Citizen. Um, yep. And I don't think there's really a lot of other guilds at that point on the lifespan of the server. Yeah, TL, TL died in POR, and then there was Correct. that other guild called uh, Aim to Misbehave for like one expansion. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> that rings a bell, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I think that was led by Yace and uh, somebody else maybe, but yes. yeah, pretty much it was it was Citizen's server by then. Yes, yeah. Um, but again, you know, a lot of very interesting uh, events that unfolded. I remember actually uh, when we were having POP just uh, launch and I was uh, driving the Ascendancy Guild uh, towards the, um, uh, what do you call, I, I, I think it was um, tactics, not sorry, not tactics, uh, innovation. And we were trying to do the uh, the crawl to trigger the, the dragon, the mechanic dragon to actually get an access yeah. to the factory. Um, we sort of had a run-in with Citizen or someone from Citizen. Uh, and, you know, I had a very good relationship with Dima. I mean, Dima is a really good guy. Um, 
uh, in my books. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then in the end, we kind of just, um, I think they, they, they sneak through as we open up the, the factory door and we were trying to set up for um, that boss in POI that gave access to tactics. I forgot his name. Yeah, Manetic Behemoth. Yes. Famously, they got suspended for doing correct. that. Correct, yeah. Um, and yes, correct. And that, that kind of happened because they ended up stealing the kill and, and sneaking in some flags. So, but, but we got it all resolved in the end, but, but stuff like that was kind of more of a, you know, a thing that occurs you see on the, uh, uh, on the survey, you know, so that was, uh, interesting history as well for us going through stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, I guess Ascendancy and then Dark Blood and um, after SOF finished in FIPI, um, as, as in Secrets of Fadark, I kind of retired my monk there. Uh, I told you kind of wouldn't be playing on SOD and I just pretty much took a break from FIPI uh, completely. Um, and I think at that point, I was busy with real life with other stuff. I didn't really play much EverQuest. Uh, until I think it was uh, Rage Fire first or Agna. I can't recall which one it was. Um, uh, it was Rage Fire first. Yeah, yeah. probably Lockjaw and Rage Fire. Yeah. So, uh, so then I got in touch with Yukon and and threw around this idea that you know, hey, um, I'm thinking of probably getting a, a lot of the Oceanic guys and Asian players I know to come back and try this out. And we were thinking maybe, you know, why not try and set up a guild where we've got US and Oceanic presence at the same time. So we kind of cover uh, both sides of the uh, time zones um, and have like two different raids happening throughout the day. Um, so on paper, it was kind of an interesting idea. Um, you know, it, it would have worked quite well if we actually did a lot of the uh, pre-planning, which we did to a certain degree. Um, but obviously having two sets of leaders and two sets of officers and um, trying to find some middle ground in between rules and uh, things like that to make stuff work was um, more challenging than um, than we thought. So, but we did get a guild live. So we call it Ascending Darkness. Um, it went live uh, on Rage Fire first, I think. Um, be okay. because then after that they opened up Lockjaw, if I'm not mistaken, because it was too full. Yeah, Lockjaw was like uh like three or four days later. Ragefire, by the way, had like the the worst launch ever, right? Yeah. With uh, a <laughs> like the server crashed all Correct. day. Then the second day they had to roll the whole thing back. Correct. Yeah, they had a lot of problems, and then they announced, yeah, correct, late uh, Lockjaw, and we were like. Maybe we should move there as well. Um, and then we decided, okay, we'll we'll do that. And we went across. Uh, and then, you know, you guys were there as well, faceless. Um, and I think uh, Dima Skill, Modest Man were there as well. Modest Man, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, so, so I was, yeah, I was, I was on Lockjaw for a bit, leading a couple of classic raids. We did Sky and stuff like that. And, uh, and then again, that you know, the whole idea of uh, open world um, engagement was also backed by a lot of mass mage box armies. <laughs> and um, oh yeah, it was real bad. Back then. It was yeah, and I think it was from that point that they actually decided to fix the problem eventually by introducing MOTM, right? MOTM, Mark of the Old Ways, yes. and Truebox. Uh, uh, shortly after that, right. yeah, all all big changes. And I think. 
Uh, Ragefire and Lockjaw were the first TLP servers that had Corona, which really, really enabled the uh, the huge bot. Like we had like people boxing 100 characters eventually. You know what I mean? Mm. It's totally crazy. Mm. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, you're right. And um, I think like a lot of these sort of measures and controls they put in place helped a bit to a degree. But you know, people always find different ways to <laughs> skirt around the system as well. Although it was a oh, bit yeah. more contained versus how it was before. You're right. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So we. So I didn't really last too long. I didn't even see. I don't think I actually saw Kunak. Maybe I did, and then after that, I kind of called it a day. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to actually sustain that setup, and it was. Yeah, we had a few internal clashes as well, and you know, I mean, Yukan's a really nice guy. I, I loved uh, him leading Dark Blue when I was there with him. Um, it. Yeah, in the end, it kind of didn't work out between us in leading both the Oceanic side and also the US side. And um, so they kept going, uh, I think, for a bit. And um, eventually, I guess, Ascending Darkness kind of uh, disbanded. And I think they a lot of those players actually still still play, as you know now, on Rage Fire. I think they're on Core uh, Tempest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. So kind of funny enough, Ascend of Darkness, you know, I eventually had a really bad relationship with Faceless and um, they would compete with us a lot and lose, uh, I think exclusively lose. I don't think they ever won one. Mm. So we, we were on a bad relationship um, for sure. They had a guild like some guy named Memory tried to create a splinter guild from their guild called Legacy of Zek. Ah, okay. Memory, memory rings a bell, and, but okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He was like a gnome enchanter yes. and that made things worse. Then when they fell apart, I, I guess UCAM went to uh, Rage Fire, like you said, and basically became the top guild there over time. Mm. And um, when Faceless, years later, would transfer to Rage Fire, UCAM kicked our ass. So in the end, he he got the win. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think they... They did pretty well after that point, I suppose, right? So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think, and this is one of the problems I've also noticed as well when we were doing um, CoinUp. I find the early years in terms of the expansion lifespan difficult because um, it's kind of riddled with all these issues in terms of uh, uh, competition. Although, don't get me wrong, I mean, a lot of, people actually do enjoy that and want to actually see that and and go through that but for people that genuinely want to kind of experience the game and the expansions and clearing content and challenging themselves against you know pve kind of thing um you'll have all of this sort of um engagements that cause a lot of disruptions and i found that as a bit of an issue during the first one and a half years, I guess, in EC for CoinUp as well, which I can eventually talk about anyway. Um, but getting past that point and then just us against the environment, I think I found that more, a bit more interesting and, and fun in terms of playing the game versus a lot of these. Um, yeah, I think I think it's better too. You know, it should be you versus the game unless you're on a PvP server. And I think the race is better when it's two teams basically not interfering with each other. Yep. It's just like like a track race, like a track meet, right? Yep. You're doing your best, they're doing their best, and let's see who's faster. Okay. Um, sorry, um, Zaid, I've got someone actually just spam calling me because I think there's something he needs. Can I just take a... Okay. 
All right. Hey, sorry about that. Uh, that quick interruption, but we're back. And um, yeah, so I mean, like it, it is just so much better when when you don't really get griefed while you're playing the video game that you're playing to have fun, right? Correct. Like that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to kind of escape uh, issues that they have on a day-to-day basis in real life. The game is meant to provide that escape. <laughs> and then you, you log in and you, you run into grief, uh, people griefing you and uh, harassing you and just then you kind of get put off. I mean, we had a lot of members uh, during the early years of Classic, Kunak, Valius uh, kind of gave up on the uh, the game and the guild. And we've also actually had people that surprisingly enjoyed that and just kept repeating new TLPs every year. <laughs> so right. different crowds, yeah. I guess. You know, I think there are some people who just kind of get off on, um, on kind of bullying people a little bit in a in a place where there isn't any real repercussion for it yes yeah i mean i i really actually missed that as well from the game in the sense that you could actually reach out to gms to intervene and and provide um remediation assistance uh, between members or between guilds i mean i i remember countless times on praxis we had interactions with other guilds and and again back then reputation was a thing right um right and nowadays <laughs> nobody cares um yeah it just doesn't matter exactly. everyone just assumes the worst of everyone and like your guild is big enough that who cares if people don't like you on the rest of the server right exactly yeah so you know so having gms back in the day were great um and i think right now there's just not enough money for them to to spend something like this which i feel could really help but uh, obviously um it's all about the um the, the cost and also the uh, the profits in the end, right? EQ is a very old game. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, after uh, after that, you went to Agnar, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, so I went, uh, Agnar opened up and um, a couple of my close friends actually, and I, I still keep in touch with them, they're based in Australia. Uh, they decided to come back to the game and wanted to try out Agnar. Um, and I was like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll join. And they just, they, they they set up a guild called Imperium Deus, and uh, it's basically primarily an oceanic uh, guild. Uh, obviously, we had members around Asia as well, and we also had some uh, members who were based in US, uh, Europe. Um, and we started off, we, we did a bit of planning for that as well. We you know had a website, forums, we advertised, and I think we also got a, a fair number of people actually interested. And you know everybody started off during launch day, uh, waiting for the server to open, spamming, connect, connect, connect. Um, you know, and we had some preform ge- uh, groups and stuff like that. So it was it was pretty fun, um, and we kind of, or well, I was around helping lead as well until um, I believe it was Valius. Uh, and at that point, I I think. Going through so many transitions of TLPs uh, hit me in a in a way that I was also somewhat burnt out and a bit frustrated. Um, like we were we were pushing through content, and I recall this specific raid in ID during Valius where we were trying to do Avatar War, um, and we just did not have enough people. Right, we had I think hmm. uh, forty five to fifty in the raid, maybe. Uh, we did not have enough clerics. Uh, we had a fair few tanks, but we were trying to make it work. 
um, you know, we just couldn't do the the conventional method of having a, a proper CH rod and tanks and just DPSing it down. You know, it just we, we right. just didn't have any people for that. And, and I, w- I guess like in the the time zone that you guys raided, you pretty much had a really limited selection of who could even come, right? Who could join the guild at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from the oceanic Asian players, I mean, you know. Um, it's hard to get more members compared to U.S. guilds, obviously. Uh, people were also trying to help by boxing heavy. Um, and obviously that also caused a lot of issues because, you know, you couldn't use IS Boxer and stuff like that. People were using Multiplicity to run dual PCs, for example. Um, right. Yeah. And just multi-boxing with two or three different PCs. Some of them were good at it. Some of them were not really great. <laughs> some of them were really bad. Um it just makes your whole raid a little bit clunky after you have a certain saturation of boxes, though. Correct, exactly. You know, we were not effective, and it was very difficult to also coordinate some of that. Um, yeah. So then I, I recall this specific raid. We were doing uh, Out of War, and I remember, um, I can't remember his name, but the pan skill, uh, that guy. Cab Drew. Yes, yes. Um, they did Out of War with a very... Uh, small number of people as well with this unique method where they were trying to summon tank him on the ledge and it took like i think one hour or 45 minutes or something and but it worked right Right. (laughs) and i was i was thinking why don't we give it a try and we kind of did um but we couldn't we couldn't see it all the way to the end It, it it didn't work out in the end unfortunately but um that sucks. Yeah, but that 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 raid itself, I think, kind of just uh, caused me to just step back, and I was like, maybe I just need to take a break because I was pushing myself pretty hard as well, and there were also other things happening in real life, so it did not really help. You know, the the stress and everything was kind of coming to me. Um, and at that point, the people that were actually uh, originally setting up the guild with me, uh, my friends, they kind of left already. They stopped playing. So it was me carrying the guild, leading raids, um, you know, and all of that was added on extra uh, stress to me. Um, so I took a step back. I let the other guys to go. Uh, and they were really good guys. You know, they're great guys. Um, but unfortunately, when I came back, I felt this was not going to work. Um, so I kind of called it from there. Um, Although somehow, sometime a bit later, <laughs> my friends, the two guys I was mentioning earlier, they came back and decided to start another guild again. Uh, and <laughs> I said, okay, sure, why not? I'll help out. Um, but unfortunately, that didn't, also didn't last because we only had like a handful of people and a few people from Imperium kind of came over to help us out. And I think that also soured things a bit because people were saying, why are we doing that? Whereas we could actually be back in the guild helping one guild out completely. So unfortunately, that kind of caused a bit of drama as well. And we just ended up calling a day. And I think ID, unfortunately, did not manage to push through that far. I think they probably did Luplin, I think. Uh, maybe also yeah. did a bit of pop. And at that point, as you know, Agna kind of is just continuously on that loop, right? So... Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's not it's not bad making it that far because the server ends in, in points power. So it's like you you made it most <laughs> almost of the way. almost to the end. Correct. Yeah. Um, right. But then you know, I I I at that point I was like, okay, I really need to take a bit of a breather and just skip stuff. So I didn't I didn't play on Finny. I think Finny was next, if I'm not mistaken. 
Finney was uh, between between ah. uh, Rage Fire and Agnar. So like the 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 strategy that you guys had for AOW that you got from my pants, my pants got that from Dima actually. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, because I saw uh, Cat Brew actually streaming that on his uh, stream one day, and I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. Um, they did all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Like Cab Drew also kited Emp's Raw around the ramp at the entrance of Sra Temple for like two hours for a kill. <laughs> That's amazing. We'd like to see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. little wacky stuff. Like back then, you could also pull Amp to zone in, right? And uh, yeah, yep. yeah, people were kiting guards in the basements and all that. So um, yeah, so so I didn't play on Finny. I didn't play on Miracle. Uh, I didn't play on Quam. Um, but then, uh, Coinuff came along or was coming along and I, I reached out to a few people that were close to me as well from Agna, uh, mainly Asian uh, time zone, a few Oceanic guys from Australia, I mean, and say, look, you know, I'm, um, for some reason, you know, can't get away from the game. So I'm thinking of trying this one more time. Um, and this time, you know, uh, it was going to be me actually forming the guild, me actually coordinating, leading everything. Uh, at that point, I had a fair bit of break already, and you know, I was I was feeling a bit more refreshed, a bit better. Um, so I formed up Eastern Coalition. I uh, did not use the original name I used to have from for many TLPs. So I go by uh, Shiguragu, which was another name. Um, that is actually my original name from Praxis and a name I used on Fippi, a name I used on uh, Agnar. Um, and, um, but on Ragefire, I used Nasir, as I was mentioning to you before. But, yeah. but on Coinuff, I decided to go with Kakashi instead. Um, I think a lot of people that knew me knew it was me. Uh, you know, I right. kind of just, I, I just didn't want to bring any of the baggage from Agnar which was kind of one more reasons why I also thought, let me just use a new name here and just kind of go set stuff up fresh. Um, so I did EC. Uh, we did a bit of advertising again. We did a, a fair bit of planning. Um, and mind you, up, up to this point, I still have not actually transitioned to voice, voice comms for any of my guilds, any of my raids. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. This is like 20, 2017. Correct. Correct. I, I will say a bit more about this later, but yeah, up until this point, everything was on raid, say everything was uh, in-game. Uh, obviously, wow. some guys ran Discord servers or TeamSpeak or, what, or Mumble or whatever, but that's just for their own thing personally. So officially for the guild, we did not need any voice comps at all. Um, so we set up uh, EC. We were there on launch day. We set up pre-made guild uh, groups. We formed guild. Um, and, uh, you know, we, 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 we kind of took our time to get our footing. Uh, you know, we, we did not rush to get to 50 first and then straight away hit, uh, Nagi or box. I think we took like maybe two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, to probably start our first walks at the end. Um, and then gradually just go from there. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, t- two weeks honestly isn't bad. If you look at old servers, um, even old TLP servers, you know what I mean? That was pretty standard. So you guys you weren't that slow. Yeah, no, we had a lot of people actually. I mean, a lot of interest. Unfortunately, there was also some bad press about CoinUp because I think people were kind of looking for something different than Fini 2.0. 
Uh, well, right. Kind yeah. of a, and yeah. Cornet had like a terrible, terrible EXP rate at the at the launch too. Correct. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of didn't go well with a lot of people, but you know, a number of people wanted to play again. So we did have a fairly strong backing, especially people that used to play with me. They were interested to come and play with me again. So, so yeah. I appreciated that. Um, so when we started, off, one, yeah, sorry. One thing really quick, something that a lot of people I've, I've seen on the forums get confused about with Cornav's EXP rate. So Finney launched with a really bad EXP rate. And eventually they decided due to player outcry that the EXP on Finney was too slow mm. and they, they bumped it up. Not It was still slow, but it wasn't as bad. Cornav started with the bumped up Finney EXP rate. So a lot of people think that Cornav had the slowest EXP rate because it had the pre-nerf Finney right. um, EXP rate. But it was But it actually, it did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Finney was a little bit worse at launch and then, you know, got better and Cornav launched at the better state. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually found the EXP rate fine, but um, I think people were also at that point just bit bummed out like they wanted fast exp rates and stuff which obviously they eventually got with salos and mangler i think <laughs> yeah oh yeah. yeah um but I, I i thought it was fine so you know because i was kind of used to it anyway as well and at, at and when we hit god i think that was the first point when they had a bump slightly in the exp rate um you know that that seemed better for us but um again some people would argue otherwise so um so we had a lot of guilds as well when we started off classic. Um, you know, we had um, a Relentless Insomnia, which was led by Vicious or Mabu. Uh, we had two, or oh, sorry, one European guild that started off, uh, Reckless Guild that was led by Gerhardt and Odul, mm -hmm. I think. Um, yep. Odul's, a, Odul's a good guy. I like yeah. him. Shout out to Odul. Yeah, no, Odul's nice. Yeah, we used to chat a lot as well back then. Um, Magus also created a guild. There was also TFC, the Final Crusade. Uh, Imperceptible, Ashen Oath, uh, Spaceballs, <laughs> uh, un <laughs> Unknown Legacy, uh, and Twisted Prophets. So I think this is probably some of the guys from TL or... Uh, Twisted Legion or Twisted Fates. I always get mixed up. There's so many renditions of them. Um, Here, Twisted Legion made a guild called Try Me on, on the server. Ah, and I think they mostly... Yes, they were there as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I think I think they mostly just uh, did small stuff for a while and eventually linked up with RI and started doing raids with RI. Right, yeah, because I'm just going through some of the... So a lot of this is... Quite, quite a long time ago, but I still recall some of it. But I had to look at the CoinOff uh, progress uh, site on way back just to refresh my memory. Um, right. <laughs> and I do see, yeah, Try Me was around, just not during Classic, although it was not on the website during Classic. Maybe like, like us, EC was not that listed as well. Uh, we didn't really start putting stuff into the progress site until much later in Valius. Uh, I'm not sure why, though, but... Uh, Maybe I just didn't really bother doing it <laughs> for some reason. Um, but yeah, we, we had a lot of guilds. We had guilds, uh, EST based, PST based, uh, Oceanic, Asian, you know, us, we were there, um, and, and European. Um, so, so it was a pretty healthy server to start with. I mean, you know, we had a lot of people in common lands, multiple picks. Uh, actually, pick was, was a thing at that point, right? Or is it just around? Um, there was pick zones, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, just trying to recall when it came through. So, so yeah. So, but for classic to start with, obviously, RI was uh, trying to um, establish themselves as the uh, the dominant open world guild, I guess you could say. Um, so they actually did um, get the first uh, sky clear, I think. So they cleared classic uh, as a first skill, and followed by uh, reckless. So Odul skill uh, second. Okay. Yeah, and then everybody else. So everybody else was kind of just chilling out and taking their time, but but guilds were actually getting established. You know, trying to clear fear, uh, clear any, and work their way on Sky. Sky was obviously the uh, the main uh, block. Uh, if you don't have enough people, obviously getting through bees is is a bit of a difficulty and a challenge. Um, yeah. Now, would you would you say it was like a pretty competitive server for the raid scene, or was it mostly relaxed? Um, it's probably not like I would say how Fippy was in my experience, uh, but uh, there were a few open world clashes here and there. Although I would say primarily the clashes eventually uh, after Kunak and or during Kunak and Valius would be just between uh, TFC and RI. Um, mm. but at least in classic though, it's, it was, it didn't seem that way at all. Like, you know, people were just letting RI do their thing, uh, from memory, like, you know, they were always on open world as well. And, you know, for the rest of the guilds, everybody was kind of content with just using AOCs. Right. Um, right. So, and there was really, I mean, classic is, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of stuff you really want to try and chase for in open world, in my view anyway, but obviously people like doing that for the uh, the glory of it, for the rush of it, if you could call it that, the adrenaline, I suppose. And um, and as long as they see another guild doing content open world, I'm sure RI would enjoy going there and messing with them. Right? So... Uh, did, uh, <laughs> did, did they... Do you think that was just about like getting loot being the top guild or was it no, like taking joy? I think it's just taking joy in uh, competing with open-ended apostrophes, <laughs> yeah. you could say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not so much. I mean, if, if you want to be the first guild to get, you know, loot and everything, you can always split your guild. You can do multiple AOCs. It's not hard. You can coordinate that, right? But this is just about enjoying the rush of giving another guild in, in open world. Uh, a run for their money, or at least in more cases, and not just kind of griefing, right? So, okay. Did you experience any of that griefing? Um, so in classic, we were very low key. Um, we didn't really interact much open world. When Kunak came along, um, we were getting a bit more established. We had more members. We had more geared people. We had more uh, core classes that we needed to actually uh, run proper raids, you know, and um, we so we didn't obviously do like bleeding edge like first person to kill track kind of thing and stuff like that like we we took our time we eventually got it obviously we killed pd as well and all of that um <clears throat> but in terms of open world we i i kind of chose our battles carefully because i knew that running across ri specifically ri in this case because at all of the other guilds we kind of had really good interactions with um except for one more but i'll talk about that later um so so i i pick and chose our open world battles and if i do see that there is um 
there is potential for griefing because we we don't really come off we don't want to see ourselves coming off a skill that really wants to also push our members to this because that will kind of put a lot put a lot of our members off they don't really enjoy that too um but we also don't want to be seen as kind of a pushover right so there was one point right uh when we saw uh vs was up in kc um no one was there i don't it didn't seem like anybody was tracking him because normally ri or any other guild would have trackers in the zone right um so we we said okay you know we were done with the raids that we had for the day or something i think we had a bit of time let's all pay the kc get this done um and we we engaged uh you know we didn't pull him to zone in like i know some guilds do i mean it's it's open world kc we didn't really want to train the zone or anything like that um so we went up there we started engaging him in his area uh and then all of a sudden a lot of ris started flooding in <clears throat> and um we were like great you know i mean if you want to come and jump in and dps races sure you know but at that point we've already started right we were already uh, right so you're ahead we were already ahead yeah so so i can imagine if they do that you know obviously they'll just be helping us it's not gonna Win for them. Yeah, you won the mobilization race. Your head on the DPS race Correct. should be a clean win. Correct. And um, and then we were going. I think VS was close to about forty percent already or so, or roughly around there. And then we started getting uh, issues. <laughs> we started seeing VS getting taunted by vicious and I think it's Slopperbottomus and maybe a couple other guys. I can't recall. Um, and they were trying to pull you know, trying to pull VS or face him away and face him the raid so he can get some repose uh, HP gain and, you know, trying to just grief us with the engage, right? And it was successful because, you know, VS was not going down. He kept getting pulled away. He kept getting, um, you know, uh, his life taps working on people. So he was fluctuating between 20 to 30, 10 to 30, you know, it just was not working well. And we tried that. We tried to sustain. Um, so they didn't really train us. Like there were no mobs in the zone to train us. They were just doing the, the taunting, right? Um, right. And originally, I, I kind of thought it looked to me like he was far taunting, but maybe I'm not 100% accurate with that. It, he, he was there, but he got rest so quickly that he came back like within the next 10 or 15 seconds and started doing the same thing again um you know it was not just him you know it was a couple of guys as well doing the same thing so um so we were close we were about to get it uh, but unfortunately you know our clerics were running dry our uh, chanters were also running dry and we were like this is just not going anywhere uh we lost a few people as well so at the end unfortunately we had to call it uh you know we we didn't say anything in our ooc i mean you know, we, I didn't want to trigger anything. I mean, I just knew that was how the, the modus operandi was, was as such for RI, right? I, I kind of knew what to expect and that was it. Um, so we just left. Uh, there was a video of it on YouTube. I think it's been floating around on forums. There was also a forum post about it actually as well, uh, which probably doesn't exist or is locked or something, I think now. Um, and then we just moved on. Right. Um, when that when that happened, did they talk trash? Did you, did you guys get tells or OC or yeah, show yeah, there was, drama? There was there was a fair few tells. There was um, you know vicious saying uh, we've left the um, the gnarl staff there. If any of you visit once that, and then we were like, no, you know, it's 
<laughs> we don't need it too, but you know, we're, we're not there for just like, we're not hungry for loot that you have to feed us something based on your actions and feel bad and then say, Hey, you know, take this loot because we were dicks. Um, so, so a lot of that and the, uh, some of the comments on OOC, because some people I'm sure felt like, uh, a bit frustrated, but overall on our side, we just kind of kept it to the point that we just said, just forget interacting with them. It's not going to get anywhere. We did try to petition though. So because we had a video of it, we did petition, uh, because, you know, obviously this kind of behavior is, is not really something we want to see in, on the server and also from, um, uh, the health of guilds in itself because this will really put a lot of people off right um right. so we don't know whether anyone actually got suspended i did think someone some people did although i'm not 100 percent sure um definitely no one was banned though um so maybe some people might have gotten suspended for a week maybe not uh but then we just moved on from that point um it's, it's probably i mean it's probably the best thing you could do is exactly. just, just like forget about it yeah exactly yeah we you know, I don't even know if the GM would recognize exactly what's happening in a video. You know what I mean? Because like the, the GMs we have now are like they don't play EverQuest. Correct. Yeah, that's that's also one of the problems. Uh, unfortunately, they're not uh, uh, skilled, I think, to handle such situations. <laughs> so right, yeah, they're just like, okay, the mob died. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, um, so was that your only big open world interaction with them? Yeah, um, I. No, actually, no, there was not. Um, so we also did, uh, so there was Kunak. And from that point, we just carry on our own farming. And, you know, we were looking forward to Valius. Um, so when Valius came along, uh, that was actually quite interesting because um, there were a lot more stronger guilds. And Valius kind of just, you know, was a lot of interest, right? We've got sleepers, we've got um, TOV, we've got, uh, you know, uh, kale all of that so um a lot of stronger guilds on the server at that point like uh we've still got reckless we've still got uh tfc uh also uh, a number of the other u.s skills like exiles of agna unknown legacy asian oath they were also called pretty strong um and uh everybody had potential to do a lot of open world combat uh in in Valius. And we were looking at actually at that point, I was thinking what would be interesting for our guild would be maybe to try and uh, do a bit of Sleeper's Tomb 1.0 because a lot of our guys have not seen it. <clears throat> We've not actually experienced the whole thing because everybody rushes to to open up uh, Sleepers and, you know, wake the Sleeper and, you know, you just don't get the experience to kill any of the waters. Um, so what, what I did was I approached uh, Dupree from uh, Magnus, uh, uh, Majors, sorry, uh, MIM, and I said, look, you know, would you guys be interested in wanting to co-op and probably try to rush to get a couple of keys um, within the, uh, the first opening night itself, you know, and then we tried to plan uh, a joint raid for sleepers uh, 1.0 with, you know, half from their side, half from our side. Um, and and that was the aim for us. Obviously, we had plans for other stuff as well eventually, but the, the first focus for us was sleepers because we were not too sure how long it would last anyway. Right, you got to be fast. Correct, yeah, you know, and, and we needed to at least get uh, 
some semblance of. And the plan was to actually go in there, kill with them, get a couple of droppables you can, and then later just bid it with the kill, even for those people who are not there. Obviously, some stuff was no drop, but, you know, whatever we could try and get, we would try and get. So, um, and we did pretty well, actually. We cleared it uh, in AOC, obviously. Um, and we got one monk rope that went to uh, MIM uh, to start with. Um, but it was definitely fun. It was a good experience. We did get some droppables as well for the guild. Um, yeah. And then I was expecting sleepers to wake, but somehow it did not. And, um, you know, we could keep going with our plan to also kill, sorry, to also key a lot of our members. And eventually we did, you know, we actually farmed uh, SD 1.0 ourselves. Uh, I think we did like three clears maybe in total or two, I can't recall. Um, ourselves, I mean, and that lasted for about a month or a month and a bit. Uh, someone was telling me it was 60 days, but I'm not sure if it's actually 60 days. Um, but it, it lasted a fair bit. It was probably one of the longer lasting TLPs for Sleeper not to be awoken. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely a lot longer than Agnar, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, so that was exciting. That was nice. Uh, and, but eventually it did get woken by, uh, the Fallen Council actually, which is a European guild, uh, Mafaka's, Mafaka's, Mafaka's guild. guild. Yeah, correct. Um, but, and this was the interesting thing that I noticed in Valius, like I, Rex, so Reckless is the, the key European guild at that point, up until that point, sorry. Um, and then Mafaka's guild came in, and I don't know whether they were a branch off or a spin-off from Reckless or not, but they were they were always uh, at each other's uh, necks. Like um, there was a lot of fights between them, training and stuff like that, and open world DPS races and stuff. So they did not really get along. Um, yeah, Mafaka's guild comes with a lot more attitude. You know, they have a swagger to them. Yeah, yeah. That a lot of the other European guilds don't have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we EC and TFC, yeah. So we, uh, Fallen Council, we also kind of had a few DPS races in Valius. So so Mafaka's uh, guild used to always, I, I I recall him always hanging out a lot in open world kale, and like whenever statue pops. Boom, he's going to be there. <laughs> um, so there was, there was a couple of statue races as well that we we also rushed and we also kind of uh, DPS raced him. And we won a few, they won a few. Uh, but he had very close uh, a very close relationship with Vicious and RI. So they used to actually combine forces at times. to If, if other guilds were trying to compete against them and if they probably saw that they were outnumbered, it would be RI plus TFC, as in Fallen Council, sorry. Um, and, you know, that that created some interesting uh, situations. Like, I recall there was one instance where I we merged with Reckless uh, to take on uh, RI for our door of war, I think. And uh, we had to rush there, coordinate, join raids, everything. And it was a full-on DPS burn. Uh, thankfully, no training or anything like that. Uh, and we won. In the end, surprisingly, <laughs> so um, so that was also quite fun. Uh, so there were some interesting, fun experiences. But to be honest with you, if I'm I'm more old school. Like I I like the whole uh, diplomatic approach to disputes and stuff. This whole DPS race thing. I I mean I I I get it. It's 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 what 
people got to do nowadays. That's just how things is. Uh, and I'm fine with accepting that. What I don't like, though, is the uh, the added extra griefing that people do, especially like, you know, that uh, far taunting or taunting and training, you know, while you're engaging. If you want to, right. if you just want a yeah. DPS race, you crazy. yeah, just DPS race, you know, keep it clean. That's it. It's 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 rare to have a guild that is willing to just keep it to the DPS race. You know, yeah. There's always something or the other that you know. It, it, it may not be the leadership. It could be just a member that just just doesn't like it and or wants to cause chaos, right? So, um, so that it's well, it's funny that you mentioned that they would team up because I think um, on Eridun they were in the same guild rampage world tour and then again on Correct. on thornblade they had a they had cowboys, cowboys. Camels, which yes was like a big, yes yeah yeah i i i heard all of that as well I, I wasn't part of any of those guilds or anything but like like i mentioned to you before i enjoy reading some stuff like that um but then i think they had a falling out or something i'm not sure yeah cowboys and camels went went south and it became two different guilds yep yeah, I think Mafaka is still around in uh, as in Mossad. I think is it. I'm not sure. Um, he he was on mischief until Dragons of Norath or so, and then the Fallen Council went away. Ah, okay, yeah. So that so similarly here, at least in uh, Valius, I think you know the Fallen Council was getting strong at that point, or at least stronger. So Valius was the point when he broke out or at least his guild broke out and reckless was still giving reckless was kind of still the the main european guild but uh the fallen council was also setting a name for themselves um so in terms of who won values though i think it was uh the final crusade so tfc that got uh, Vulak first, and I believe that was in their AOC, and I think RI was not too happy with that because um, they were doing open world TOV, obviously other stuff as well like Kale and stuff like that, but they were late to getting Vulak down obviously um, and there was a lot of contention against oh, but you know, we did open world and we did all of that and and if you look at the the progress uh, the progression side, I think it lists Vulak as the goal, uh, right? The final boss. He's like the Atenhara of the expansion. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And so you know, people were giving some grief about that. But you know, at the end of the day, I remember seeing that all over the forums and Discord and stuff. I, you know, I think um, RI was kind of a cocky guild, and people, you know, I think everyone knew that RI was a stronger guild, of course. Yeah. But people wanted that opportunity to kind of poke them a little bit. So yes, <laughs> exactly. So, so I was I was uh, you know quite happy as well that you know TFC was growing. They were good, you know their presence was actually known, and you know they're doing quite well. And it was setting the stage between TFC and RI being a thing. You know, versusing each other, and then um, get some skill IV. Um, they also were doing pretty well. They got third, I think, and Reckless was still up there as well. So um, ourselves in EC, uh, we were just observing, <laughs> watching everything. But I, I felt we did really well this Valius because uh, we got everything we needed down. Like a couple of roadblocks we had was uh, um, Viam, uh, which we took a couple of tries, right. but we did yeah. it. Uh, Avatar War, which was great as well to finally do it the conventional method and actually have enough clerics and tanks for it. 
Um, were you nervous going into Velius after your experience on Agnar? Were you like, you know, this is make or break? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I was. There was one part of me that was thinking, yeah, you know, it could be a repeat of this again. But um, you know, this time around, I had a lot more support. I had a lot more uh, uh, people that were close to me, and I felt like you know the the crew that we had. You know, I I, I loved the the crew in Agnar, but we had more people as well. We had a lot more people in EC, and. Um, you know, based on the uh, the fights that we did up until that point, I knew that we were in a better position and state than I was with before with Agna because we just did not have enough numbers as well. So, so, so going into this in Valius, there was it was always in my mind that you know it potentially could end up being a bit like Agna, but you know at the end it did not. And you know we did really well. Uh, we we kept farming. We were doing Tunar. We obviously focused a lot more on Kale and Tov. Um, and and yeah, Villiers was fun. So um, and then obviously after that, at that point, uh, Luklin was going to be the next open world debacle. <laughs> um, right. But um, again, we kind of kept our grounds to. I guess there were a lot of interactions when it came to shard farming uh, clashes from that point. So it was not just... It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it was not just RI though. It was also other guilds. So I do recall that. Like we had to bring in... <laughs> we had to bring in DPS to kind of win some of the uh, the shard farming camps. <laughs> which was... Again, I don't like doing that. But unfortunately, it had to end up being the case. And I think a lot of other guilds also kind of knew that there was no bad blood or anything like that. In the end, I knew all of the guild leaders. We used to talk as well. So, um, but yeah, that was a, that was a situation then. Um, RI won Luklindo. I think they cleared Atanhara first. Um, yeah, but TFC was, the Final Crusade was very close behind. And, and at this point, the Fallen Council became fairly strong so they cleared first after reckless um and um you know this was sort of more towards a transition where reckless was slowly losing a bit of force as well and fallen council was getting stronger or the more dominant european guild from this point um, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of oceanic guilds on cornav i didn't realize so many of them you know what i mean like most servers i feel like you have one maybe two hmm. Yeah, this. I mean, so for us, we are predominantly the uh, the the later GMT kill, and yeah, then you had Fallen Council and Reckless that were more predominantly the European time zone kill. But but Fallen Council, I mean, Mafaka and his his group and the kill were on twenty four seven. Like they were always keeping an eye on Vextal, uh, SSRA. <laughs> Um, but I think the Final Crusade did pretty well. Like they went to open world SSRA, and I think RI was there as well. But they they kind of pick and chose their fights. And from what I understand, there were no clashes until both of them were doing Vexstyle, and some of them were trying out to snipe some open world Vexstyle uh, targets as well. So there's a there's a couple of drama posts about that as well on the uh, forum still, um, and. That was the interaction between them. Like for us in EC, we did not do any open world Vexstyle at all. Uh, even as SSRA, I think we probably did one, if I recall, maybe the creator or uh, high priest. 
but we did not go after like uh, open world emperor or anything like that. You know, we were happy to farm in the AOCs, uh, which we did. <clears throat> you know, we cleared Wextal. We, we used to farm Wextal for, for one night. That was a bit of a challenge in the sense that it took like uh, four to five hours because, yeah, again, we, we also were fairly box heavy. So DPS-wise, we did not have a full set of uh, 54 uh, raid, 72 man raid um you know, uh, army that we can just focus DPS. So it was a bit lacking to that regard. So um, anyway, we, we did that. And um, and then I guess at that point, uh, most of the other guilds, there was still a lot of presence from US guilds, like most of them were still around. Uh, Hello Darkness was also around at that point, uh, but they eventually left the server, right? So um, and then came POP, I guess. And POP is probably when uh, things started going a bit south for the server in general. Uh, when I mean south, I mean the sense that we started losing people. We started eventually losing guilds. Uh, this is not during POP, though. It's more after POP was cleared. Uh, because at that point, now was that because uh, they they announced like Cello the, the anniversary TLPs correct. right Cello and Mangler that's right so yeah people just bailed when that yeah, yeah makes sense yeah so at that point I think around March was when people were slowly getting towards uh, clearing plane of time or most of them would have already cleared it before like late February uh, but yes and then it was coming into LDON which. <laughs> nobody enjoyed uh or at least some do i'm sure but but yes it the easy option or at least the answer there was that you know a lot of people that were repeating tlps you've got Celos, you've got mangler you've got the the hype between amtrak and faceless as well for Celos, which i think yeah a lot of people it was big yeah it was big yeah a lot of people were also looking forward to um and mangler which had uh interesting or better exp rule sets um and that was going to draw a number of players out. So so at that point, um, RI did clear POP first. This was just before February ended, <clears throat> followed by Fallen Council, then Final Crusade. But by the time LDN opened, um, I think we lost four guilds, uh, US guilds. And That's crazy. That is, a, that is a big amount of attrition. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, Pretty much when GOD opened, uh, RI was what they were there, but they were no longer a dominant force at all. Um, so when GOD opened, I think this was in, uh, I can't remember the month, maybe it's June or July. Um, fi the final crusade, they came up on top. Sorry, um, TFC as in the Fallen Council, then final crusade. Uh, and we were third. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So moving yeah, on. Yeah, moving on up. You know, but then you know the other guilds. So there was still a few uh, US guilds. So Exile of Agna was still around. Mim was still around. Uh, RI, they cleared after that. Uh, eventually, they still had some people actually still interested in playing. But again, most of them. So they were like fifth place. They were sixth place. Yeah. At that point. Wow. Going from first to sixth in one expansion is insane. Yeah. Um, it hit them pretty hard because Vicious left, I think, and he was focusing on Salos, and I'm not sure whether he 
stayed on there long or not. So, um, but yeah, that that was the tipping point, right? And from that point, we knew already the people that were interested in staying for at least the semi long haul or these skills. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, Mafaka's guild as well, just as they cleared God, uh, they also kind of called it a day because when Obons of War came along, um, they were not around anymore. And we actually absorbed a couple of guys from TFC too. Uh, and I think they moved on to something else. I think Mafaka just... So I think... He's got such a strong force of personality that the guild like literally coalesces around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really Mafaka's guild. Yeah. And I think he does not like content, Omens of War and After. So when he leaves and gets bored, it's just over. Yeah. Pre- <laughs> I think that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he had a really, really strong uh, following. Um, and people just enjoyed him as well. Like, uh, So we, we also rubbed shoulders the wrong way during POP. I remember a couple of instances. So we... we played around with open world plane of fire as you would <laughs> sometimes and we clashed with them with the final uh Chris, sorry with the fallen council and uh mafaka and a couple of uh, his guys were kind of griefing us we had trains we had you know you name it we had it this was both in open world plane of fire in plane of earth b when you're doing those minis as well uh we had a bit of that there um but eventually, you know, I, um, Mafaka and I, we actually got along okay. When GOD opened, we we were uh, amicable to each other, you know, and uh, and I found him to be, uh, uh, you know, a nice guy to speak to. When we had issues in Kuvik, uh, which was another battleground. Um, oh, yeah, goats all day, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we managed to, not to say we worked things out, we had still had DPS races, but it was not that bad uh we had right you can compete without animosity correct basically exactly yeah and that was the case you see and the sevu as well we had a couple of those there as well uh but it wasn't as bad as it was in pop i think we kind of saw each other a bit better during god but but they left after that right so um so at that point in omens it was just the final crusade pretty much you know they were the key uh uh guild the premier guild and the u.s guild as well we also had exiles of agna so they were also competing very closely with tfc so it's eoa and tfc um and for omens we kind of fell down a bit we 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 took a bit of a time to actually clear anguish uh because we didn't really want to push to clear the, the very next day and stuff. We stick we stuck to our schedule basically. So we, we did trials no problems. We did um anguish unfortunately Jelvan for some reason had a problem for us. So we took another week to clear that and eventually got uh OMM a bit later. So so for for omens we were like uh fifth. Uh okay. and uh exiles were second then it was Hello Darkness, Mim and ourselves then it's impossible um imperceptible, imperceptible yeah and kill mode yeah so those were okay so those were the guilds that were left so during god ri officially died yeah they they cleared uh god but then after that they did not come back for omens looks like yeah okay so 
how long did Mim make it? I'm surprised that Mim was not placing higher if they were still around. Yeah, but they were also slowly losing a bit of steam, I think, because after I see. yeah after Omens, I don't think Mim were around for Don. Uh, from what I recall as well. Um, so they were kind of on their last leg. You know, it's funny enough. Uh, Dupree is my next guest. He's going to be on on Sunday. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, yeah, he's 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 a really good guy. I mean, we've never we've never really spoken on discord or anything like that so again mind you up until this point in the gale and in the game no discord no voice coin still raid say in omens that's just <laughs> insane when do you when do you do you guys use it now at the yes, end of yes. at the end of the server were you using it <laughs> yes yes so so i I'm trying to do like mirror this in text <laughs> no so so we um so i use raid say all the way until uh underfoot uh Wow! Just as we are in convertum, and as we are about to clear sisters and creation, um, we um, at that point I needed to take a break. As you can imagine, <laughs> I'm burnt out. So typing as fast as I can at that point, because everybody always makes fun of it that I've like gone through like 15 keyboards or whatever. Um, I need to take a break. I'm just thinking, like, how did you how did you do Meldrath? How did you do Meldrath with no voice comms? Um, just rate say. I mean, I typed out everything really quick. I did not make any hotkeys or anything like that. I just I was quick to type stuff out. Like, you know, when I used to <laughs> I used to type a lot of things in caps, and when people see it in caps, they knew it was urgent or it's kind of me screaming in Discord, for example, or saying something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all on Raidsay and it was a challenge, but but that was just the way I enjoyed leading raids, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I mean, if you liked it, then that's good. Yeah. But then to be honest with you, after switching to Discord, I think this was definitely the best way forward because <laughs> I don't think I could do the way, what I was doing before uh, again at all. I think that was really... You think that was just like your comfort zone at the time? At the time, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but then during Underfoot, we decided to bring on Discord because I needed to take a small break for a couple of expansions. And the next, my next officer that took over leading raids, he, it was easier for them to do it via Discord. You know, he, he couldn't they couldn't mimic what I was doing in Raid say. It would just be insanity. So um, right. we brought on Discord voice comms. We transitioned everybody on there. It was a bit of a challenge because, as you can imagine, we also have a fair few non-English speaking um, members uh, from uh, Asian countries. And that's why they were very comfortable with me in Raid say because they could read stuff. Uh, sometimes right. when you're listening to someone on Discord, they can't pick out the words. It could be the accent or whatever it is, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so were those players like alienated a lot by that, or did they did they stick around still? No, no, they they stuck around. Um, we just had to transition it gracefully. So we we did a combination of typing out key instructions in Raidsay still, and also then getting explanations done in Discord. And it took a while, but people kind of adjusted, got used to it. But I still, we still uh, type stuff out in game for some people to make sure they got it. Uh, if there were any confusion, for example. So we used to also still okay. do both uh, hybrid sort of thing. Um, now, by by Underfoot, which guilds are still around? Yeah, that was actually uh, at that point, as you can imagine. I mean, um, Underfoot, it was basically just uh, the final crusade and EC. And Exiles of Agna, they were the 
so so by by TSS, actually, sorry, by prophecy of role, uh, it was just three guilds: Exiles, EC, and TFC. Um, right. Well, it makes sense because that level seventy stretch is brutal, and it, it kills guilds on every single server. Yeah, and you know the the lull in POR. I think a lot of people didn't really enjoy that too, and so. terrible expansion. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the first expansion that EC came out as number one? Um, so we got the first one was surprisingly DON, uh, but that was nice. <laughs> that was because I think the time zone wise as well, and TFC just got it that same night, obviously. Um, and then the one after that would be TSS. Uh, I did a fair bit of planning for TSS. Like I really wanted to push us a bit, um, and we did. Uh, you know, and we got that one. Uh, PR we did not too bad as well. We got second for PR after Exiles. Uh, but from were you so TFC got third place in PR? Yeah, TFC got third for PR, and um, in DODH wow. though, Depths of Dark Hollow, they were first though. So unfortunately, I think there was also a few things happening at that point. So the transition from DODH to PR, I think they lost one of their leadership core leadership team members like their main raid leader uh okay that makes sense then. yeah and then they they had a bit of a dip um but then in tss they eventually came back as well um but for the next few expansions though like tss we got we were first uh tbs we were first sof we were first sod um but at that point uh in underfoot TFC got their footing again and they took over. So they went, they got a lot. So at that point when SOD uh, folded, like, no, sorry, the expansion uh, completed, Exiles of Agna, unfortunately, did not make it to Underfoot. Like they they, they got to the launch of Underfoot, <clears throat> but at that point, uh, leadership like uh, Melvin, I think uh, his name is, uh, decided to fold because they lost a fair few key members uh, that were planning to come across to us and some that went to TFC. Uh, hmm. And that caused, uh, yeah, for them to call it a day. And then at that point, Underfoot was just two guilds. But because they had an influx or so of EOA guys that helped bolster the numbers, which was great, you know. So it strengthened both guilds, uh, and it brought TFC back up as well uh, to a point they could actually... Uh, do a lot better. So they, they cleared TFC. Sorry, TFC cleared Underfoot first than us. We we were a bit slow for it. Underfoot. Underfoot was hard. <laughs> Underfoot was probably the first expansion for us in a while that I was like, shit, this is this is pretty bad. Like, you know, because we 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 relied on a lot of box healers and a lot of um support from that as well. Uh, it made going through some of these events trickier, and not to mention the the tanking aspects of it. Uh, because gear wise, you know, whatever stuff you get from SOD, it's not going to prepare you sufficiently. You, like you need to roll glyphs, right? I mean, some fights you probably can do without it. Uh, but for us, we found the usage of glyph really a lot more prominent than any other expansion. Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets to where you just glyph every single raid night, pretty much in EQ. Correct. Yeah, and you can't really buy glyphs because the loyalty uh, vendor is not there. You had to farm AA, get enough glyphs, and then you know use them. Um, 
what was the what was the relationship between TFC and EC like at this time when you guys were basically kind of trading expansion wins back and forth? Yep. Um, no, it was good. We we had a, a pretty good relationship. I think you know uh, at that point the leader was still uh, so the leader originally changed over time. I think so. Starbucks was the first uh, guild leader back in the day. Then the raid leader that I was telling you about, I think his name is Majin, um, and he I think quit around that point where they uh, lost a bit of power uh, and then Desek took over he's a necro um, so Desek and I I mean we don't talk a lot but I know him and you know we occasionally chit chat here and there um, but they're very nice guys like you know we were very amicable with each other we obviously had a healthy competition between each other as well and like every expansion that comes you know <laughs> obviously we try to race a bit we were the only two guilds left, right? So, um, so there was that, you know. But that was fun, you know. We, like we we got along with each other, um, even to the point where uh, in VOA where we had really difficult roadblocks like the uh, unearthing Alra raid, we were helping each other, right? Hmm. Um, we were there for some TFC raids. A couple of TFC guys were also uh, joining some of our raids. Um, but there was still that level of competition where, you know, some people were like, Hey, you know, we're still trying to get first and stuff, but it was not as big of a thing as it was back in the early days, I guess, you know, so. You know, what sucks about, about that is like, you've got this server where there are these guilds that are still competitive. They're still racing. Yeah. They're really deep in the expansion lineup doing challenging content. And um, basically, nobody knows about it. Nobody respects those has has the appropriate amount of respect for those guilds. And the reason they don't is because the guilds got along, and no one had to go on the forums and cry. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So much of what you know about like who's a hardcore guild, who's doing what, is is basically because people are being like little bitches and go on the forums or Discord and yep. have to have a wine session. Yep. And since you guys got along, people didn't even know. Yeah. We. I mean. A lot of our members were not really inclined that way. Like nobody felt like they had to go to forums or even Discord or anything like that and, you know, bring up drama or issues. Like if anything, you know, we tried to do the amicable route to uh, try to discuss it between leaderships or themselves. You know, everybody's an adult that plays the game. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's good. It's how it should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so I was, I was quite happy at that point because I think the last drama related incident or issue we had was like probably plane of power or maybe even god at that point onwards though as a guild you know we were in a very good space like people uh, enjoyed being around each other we helped each other and even you know guilds from uh, or people from other guilds as well you know uh, we just uh, got along because we wanted to see the server thrive, whatever the, whoever was left, you see. And we knew that it was going to be a very long and difficult journey, especially given the, the fact that it was just two guilds at that point. So, um, so now what what became the deciding factor that caused TFC to to crumble and EC to survive? Um, yeah. So I think. A uh, number of things. Firstly, I think they uh, gradually lost people. More and more people decided to take a break or real life got in the way. One of their raid leaders, or a couple of their raid leaders, Neurock, for example, is one of them. 
um, he eventually decided to also take a break, I think around uh, Reign of Fear uh, somewhere. And, and that was a bit of a hit for them too, because he was one of their key raid leaders, I think. Uh, then Brad had to step up um, and take over. And over time, attrition just set in. You know, people either yeah. got tired with the game or they were frustrated that, you know, they did not have enough members. Our uh, a new server came along. Some people were a bit more inclined, like, uh, you know, Mischief and Thornblade was also around at some point, And people thought they wanted to give this uh, free trade everything a try. And, you know, um, so various reasons, right? And um, for EC, though, we had the same thing. You know, as you can imagine, being an Oceanic Asian guild uh, in a server where there's already, as it is, uh, not enough people, only two guilds, uh, and you can't serve a transfer. <laughs> and there's no, I think at that point, uh, we did get, eventually get it, but at that point, no heroic characters trying to draw right. in new players to keep us alive. That was a challenge. Um, but somehow we managed to do it. You see, and we we got to the point that um, our core players we had to look after each other. We had to look after them. We had to make sure people were happy, and and most of them were. Um, and you know, we 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 had a very uh, good setup in the sense that you know we had a we have a core set of players from Korea, like we've got Korean officers and leaders actually managing that, and they they are really phenomenal. They're really good uh, raiders and players. Then we have a core uh, from Asia. Then we also have uh, a fair few from Australia that still play with us, and a number of people from US and uh, Europe woke up and you know and raided. So we we kind of felt more of a family, and we all knew the goal. Like you know, they wanted to see this through. They wanted to actually get to the the end point. They wanted to at least clear the server and say they've done a TLP, right? Um, that was also the goal for TFC. And, you know, but just unfortunately, when Ring of Scale came along, uh, I think it was just too hard because they just lost too many people at that point. Um, and, you know, Brad couldn't keep going. Uh, and the rates they were doing were just no longer progression rates anymore, unfortunately. Like like TBM was the last, the Broken Mirror was the last expansion they cleared. And then from there, Empires of Kunak and uh, Ring of Scale were just um, uh, raiding just, just to make sure we, we, we have something to do kind of thing. Um, so then at that point after Ring of Scale, it was just EC. And whoever else from TFC that wanted to keep going, you know, we... How many of the, the TFC guys came <clears throat> over to you when they folded? Um, I think we had like um, probably eight, eight uh, actual players, maybe eight or nine. That's gotta be that's gonna be big that late in the game, yeah, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. But although some of them could not really also play mornings for us, like hmm. like out of those people, I think only uh, maybe four or five were actually active most raids, uh, which was which was still a big help, definitely. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, but unfortunately, we couldn't create uh, an atmosphere to help everybody else like we did the best we could we also wore at their raids during tbm to help and also eok so we wanted to do as much as we could to try and make sure tfc did not uh fold 
because that would also eventually be uh, an issue for us and the server. You know, I saw that as a point that we needed to do something here. I, I also did as much as as early as EOA, Exiles of Agna, uh, during SOD as well, that we wanted to go and help out, which we did. You know, we, we, we did as much as we could to try and sustain these three guilds. Uh, but obviously, there's only so much we could do. We did not get any help from DBG. There was no relaxing of Truebox. There was no uh, removal of keystroke detection. All of that, you know, added to the frustration. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're so out of touch. They they really like they're very unwilling to change what they think is a core rule set feature after the server launches. And they, they identified Truebox as like that, that kind of thing. Mm. So servers before Yelenak probably are not going to get relaxed Truebox, even though there's really no reason at all to have it after Omens of War. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's, it doesn't serve any purpose at all whatsoever. So, and then like, I feel like less players know about this, but the, you're talking about the keystroke detection. Like it basically prevents you from using multi binds, right? Correct. Yeah, so which is a huge part of competent rating yes. after the expansions like that are easy mode. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody now and even on live as we are experiencing it, it's all about key binds. You're hitting like eight or nine different uh keys at the same time because that's just the way DPS or healing and aggro and stuff works now. So Yeah, we, we need to get together and uh make sure that the devs understand that problem that exists. I, I don't think it was what they were thinking when they made the the keystroke detection. They were thinking keystroke detection to stop 10 mages from pressing pet exactly. at the same time, yes, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, they're not they're not looking at the 5 years down the road how that impacts. Yep. So can you um can you give me a a number or a list of the number of, of the expansions that you guys placed first in? Um yeah, I roughly can, I guess. So, I mean, we we did uh, DON. That was our first first clear. Uh, but again, at that point, there was only four guilds left. But still, you know, I mean, it was it, it was interesting and it was quite an achievement for us as well as guild. Um, then a win's a win's a win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we did TSS. We were first there. Then TBS, uh, SOF, and SOD. Um, we did not get Underfoot. We did not get House of Tool. Um, and then from VOA onwards, it was us, basically. Okay, so you you guys had like 10... You, you had like 15 expansion wins, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we got all of the unique server-first titles except for Underfoot. There was none for House of Tool, I think, so... Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, how many how many expansions did TFC get? Um, TFC got a lot. I think they they got um, they got Valius, They got Gates of Discord, uh, Omens of War, uh, Depths, and I think and Underfoot and Underfoot House and House of Tool. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so they got six. You guys got like 15. Um, RI got four. Yeah, RI would be Classic, Kunak, um, POP. Lucklin and Pop. Lucklin, correct. Yeah, yeah. so a distant third on there. That, I mean, 
it's it's a it's a crazy story and now coming into like the home stretch here what happened with you know you guys were still progressing and then they they pulled the rug out from under you pretty much right yeah so we we heard from um i guess an update from um dbg that they were planning on actually uh merging coin of a lot sooner than the the schedule progress that coin of should be taking as per a tlp in July, and that would mean that you know we would either just end the expansion as sorry, end the server as uh, clause of Vishan, a COV, or uh, we discuss with them to try and get a, a faster schedule in place to try and get as many remaining expansions experience within a TLP setting as we could before the July merger date. Uh, now, we, we, we kind of had this discussion internally within the officers and also the guild members. And technically, when we do that, it basically means the whole server because we are the only people left. Right. <laughs> um, so we had a vote. We had uh, a lot of uh, interesting feedback back and forth. Um, people were kind of leaning between both as an option. Like some of them was just saying, just leave it as it is. Uh, and because... Uh, one side of the story is that obviously with uh, a sped up timeline, that is going to cause a lot more stress on people to ensure that they meet rates, that to ensure that they are also able to experience that content before it moves on to the next expansion. And a lot of people at this point were also kind of feeling the burnout. You know, we are we've been waiting for like five years, close to it. But you could see the light at the end of the tunnel at this point. Yeah, right. No, for sure. You, and you're like, I, you don't want it to go to live, and you never got a chance to take a swing at it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that was one point of view, and a lot of people. So people were torn between half and half. But in the end, the part that won in the polls that we had were that they wanted to see a sped up timeline at least. You know, if if you had nothing, no choice, then let's do that so that we could also experience the last few expansions. So at that point, I think we were close towards uh, wrapping up TBL. Uh, And then we decided or we went to or I went to DBG and say, look, okay, let's get this schedule here for uh, TOV, COV uh, and TOL the last three ones that we want to see try to fit into those months left before July. Um, I kind of fashioned the remaining months in a way that we would have sufficient time for TOV, but maybe not sufficient time for COV. And that was actually true because I kind of uh, underestimated the impact COV would have in the amount of time that we had to farm gear. like the expansions at that point were very um, heavy in terms of requirement for the gear you need to have. Like we were rolling into TOV with still having uh, ROS uh, gear or even EOK for some boxes. Uh, and at the, at the end of TBL, so we didn't get to clear Meritas, by the way. We, we did everything except for that. Um, mm. But at the end of TBL, we were still having a lot of uh, EOK gear, and we could not get ourselves properly upgraded in TOV because um, we only raided three nights a week. Um, and within those three nights as well, we were also lacking some... Like people, we were not 
very active to the point like a lot of people were still very busy with real life so occasionally if we had enough people we would hit the harder progression rates and if it's not then we had to just focus on farming it was hard for us to progress as fast as i wanted us to do um, so we took a bit of time but eventually we did clear tov <clears throat> uh, before cov opened but when cov opened we knew it was going to be hard. Like, uh, you know, we, we did not have enough people geared. We had to slowly take our time. And we only actually cleared COV. Like, we, we cleared everything. We cleared Bulak and Ari as well. Uh, but only once, uh, you know, TOL opened. And just a week before we actually decided to migrate to Bertox. This was one week before the merger happened. So we decided to move as a guild on the week of the 10th of July. And the merge window was like 18 or 19 or something. So, Okay. So you went to Bertox. Yes. So we're in Bertox right now. Correct. Um, wow. Look at it. We're, we're back together again. The same server that <laughs> Faceless went to. I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but we are, we have, we're having a good time. I mean, everybody is very happy. I mean, we are, we are happy that we accomplished what we did. We are happy that we, what you guys did was amazing. Super amazing. Yeah. Thanks, man. I mean, it was, it was a lot of hard work, man. I mean, we, we couldn't have done it without the members actually sticking through without the actual people behind the raid forces. Like we had some really strong committed people. Uh, our Korean team was solid. Uh, the guys around Asia and and US and you know the remaining members we had. I mean, we have we still had and still have actually people from day one <laughs> with us, uh, and, and that is uh, you know uh, that's really cool to see. So, so to you on this this huge journey that you went on, what felt like the halfway point on Cornav to you? Mm, uh, that would probably be, I think, Underfoot, I would say. Um, like, I knew when we got to Underfoot, like, we were kind of there, but we're not really there. It, it did feel a bit halfway to me. And it was also quite uh, apparent because it was a big test to us as a guild. Like, every other expansion before that, it was it was interesting and the rates were challenging, but not as uh, of a gatekeeper as Underfoot was, and that really pushed us. And but I felt when we got to Underfoot, it's it kind of and we got clear of it. I was like, okay, um, we are we've 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 done really far. We've we've gone past a really major hurdle, but there's still these expansions in front of us, um, and that kind of felt like, you know we probably just need to keep going and it, it's the same amount of expansions left before we wouldn't get to the end. But um, it still felt like a lot of work. So it wasn't going to be as easy as, okay, um, you know, the, the last few expansions before that, I knew it was going to still require a fair bit of work to get that because these are all late expansions that a lot of, uh, many people have not actually experienced and gone through. Like, terms of strategies i mean everything is out there everything has got a video or you've got forums i mean freelance is great um but you know a number of our members have not run through content like this at all before even on live right um occasionally you would have a couple of people that have actually done some of these expansions here and there but predominantly a lot of this is fresh um but that was the exciting part of it so 
at that point in underfoot, even though it kind of felt like we still had a long way ahead, uh, people were also quite excited because it was new content. It's fresh. Yeah. Now, um, now that you have gone to Burtox, did you guys see a resurgence in in the guild? Like, did you get a lot of new apps and stuff like that? Are you guys healthy now? Yeah, yeah. No, we did. I mean, before moving to Burtox, I actually reached out to Jarinu, who's the leader of Wreckers. Um, and I actually gave him a heads up and said that this was probably about a year before we were going to be moving anyway. And I kind of told him that my plan was to look at moving to Burtox potentially as an option. So I was also considering walks because I'm also quite close to Dima. But then I thought that if we merged with walks, uh, which would, could also work, um, but we would have probably a harder time getting new members because on Burtox, we had Rekus, who is an oceanic uh, Asian guild as well, time zone. Uh, unfortunately, though, they don't raid anymore. They've kind of gone through a bit of a difficult period uh, last couple of years and they've, they've, they've kind of stagnated. They don't raid anymore. So there was a lot of existing members there that still played or moved on to Faceless. Like I know a lot of them actually still they, they raid with FC, um, <clears throat> but they were from Wreckers and there were also ex-Wreckers members around that were interested in joining us. Um, so we, I made that plan. I reached out to them. I spoke to a few of them on Discord. I, I made a couple of posts on their forums and we worked out um, um, a list of people that will be joining us when we came across. So, so far coming to Bird Talks, we've had a, a fair few actually around 10 to 15 people, which is great. Um, and we are slowly trying to settle and establish ourselves, but we've been doing pretty well, actually. We've already cleared uh, five Norse raids, so far. <laughs> and Norse is a lot easier than Tall, by the way. Um, but that has helped us uh, uh, settle in and stabilize the guild, and, and now we're just uh, trying to also see whether we can eventually get more people to trim the boxes. Like, we've trimmed considerably amount of boxes now, with the new recruits we have. And at some point, I hope we can get to a point where we can just field a, a full rate of mains, which will be great. Yeah, that'll be awesome, man. Well, I'm glad that things are looking bright for the guild after everything that you guys had yeah. to go through. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it was now, quite a journey, but we are happy that we are finally there. So <laughs> so there are a lot of guild leaders out there, a lot of guilds that are, are trying to do what you guys did. Um, do you have any advice to them? Um, stick through it. I mean, it's, it's hard. It is a lot of, uh, you will come across a lot of, um, things against you and a lot of trying times you could say, but, um, as much as you can try to push through and stick with it, because at the end of the day, once you get to the, the end goal, nothing, the, the feeling of actually completing a TLP is, it's very much surreal. I mean, and not just uh, for yourself, but also for the members within the guild. I mean, everybody feels the sense of accomplishment. I mean, you can never fully win EverQuest, obviously, but some part of you would still feel that you have because you completing a TLP gives you that, that feeling for me. So um, try not to let um, things get to you. I think that's the part that also is uh, difficult for a lot of leaders, like they get affected by side drama or issues. But, and, and this is also one mistake I made. Um, 
try to have as much support as you can in the sense that if you've got a good set of offices to support you, that is extremely important and pivotal because you cannot be the only one actually driving the show. You need you need strong backing from uh, a core set of officers and each one actually helping you out with many different things. Um, I did have that, but I was also someone that um, saw driving a number of things myself, which was one of the mistakes I made, which kind of caused me to burn out. Um, but but look, I mean, you know, uh, over time, I've learned a lot of these things. Um, it has actually taught me a lot leading this skill on CoinHuff, uh, not just within the game, but also personally. I mean, it was also a journey of my own personal improvement, you could say. Um, you know, and I, whether I'll do it again, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I, I think if I do actually embark on something like this again, I would definitely want to only do it if there is uh, a lot of people actually doing the work together versus just one person actually um, coordinating and driving and leading and and raiding the, I mean, leading the raid. So, um, so long story short, yeah, um, it, it is definitely worth it. Uh, it is definitely a challenge, though. It will take a toll on you. Uh, but if you can push through a lot of these barriers, um, you know, the reward at the end is is, is really uh, surreal. Join a, a, a list of people that is very, very short. <laughs> you know what I mean? That has accomplished that. It's amazing. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, Kakashi, it has been really awesome having you on the show today. Thank you so much for making the time um, to, to meet with me. I know scheduling was tough and everything. And I got to say, I have so much respect for you and, and for what your guild did and what you led them through uh, to get to where you are today. So uh, props props to you. Uh, thanks, man. No, I appreciate you reaching out and, and giving me a voice as well here on your podcast. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we will have, uh, many interactions in the future. Who knows? You know, I mean, the 25th is coming up next year. Uh, oh, yes. don't drag me into that, man. <laughs> there's a lot of talks about that as well. And I'm also, um, I don't know. I mean, who knows what will happen? So I, I think that'll be an interesting year if they get the rules for the server, right? But yeah, we'll see. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to before uh, we wrap up? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I want to thank a lot of guys. I did also make, make a forum post about this, uh, you know, in terms of our journey. I, I you know, I wanted to, I, I thank Dima, uh, Frank, uh, Seeger, Aldrin, Skuz, uh, Kizant, uh, Yukan as well, and Tick from Ragefire. Um, there's a whole bunch of people that were also helping us out throughout our journey, even though they, 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 they stopped at various points, they were still keeping in touch with us on discord, WhatsApp, you know, spotting us from the bench lines. And I really do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the, the list goes on and on. A lot of people helped us out and, you know, we are really grateful for that. That's awesome. That's good. All right, man. Well, that's that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for coming in for the whole podcast. Cornav had an amazing story, one of the better ones I've heard so far, in my opinion. And I'm glad we got a chance to tell it because I think a lot of people did not know all this stuff. Uh, if you haven't already, please uh, follow the podcast, hit that, that star thing and click all five stars on there. Um, come check us out on Twitch. We stream every Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And check out the links in the description. But with all that said, uh, this is Zaid, out.